The FCS landscape is changing quite a bit, and even the college gaming industry is changing. College football is back for EA Sports. I'm excited about that. And joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, it is Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports and Bet MGM. Brian, it is great to chat with you. Hope you're doing well, man. Yeah, I'm doing great, and uh, all is well. And it, you're right, man. It, uh, it is a crazy time of year in this pandemic period you know usually we're not talking about cranking up a spring season that's for sure i gotta ask brian because obviously the eaa sports game is coming back now obviously they had like fcs southeast or fcs northeast in these in the original games but do you think the f any fcs teams get any love once the new game comes out Ah, uh, that's a great question, man. I mean, it, you know, the first thing I'm thinking is, how can you ignore North Dakota State? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, that that is a great question, Anthony. I I have no idea, man. No idea. <laughs> well, I'd have to imagine they start with North Dakota State. If there is going to be one, I would imagine uh, that it would be the Bison, which would be uh, really, really interesting. Brian, let's start here, obviously, though. I mean, the, the, the landscape has changed. The A-Sun making some big moves. The WAC we already knew was making some moves. Uh, what do you think about the, the landscape has changed now that the WAC and the A-Sun are in? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, the A-Sun moves, it, it, it kind of looks like we're starting to see like kind of a mega Southeast SCS conference, you know, where we're getting some of the elite teams. And, you know, they're really not that far away from each other. In fact, uh, I was doing a podcast with the Weber State uh, fan group, great podcast, by the way, and they they were like, you know, how much do you think that's going to change recruiting in the Southeast? I was like, not really that much because Kennesaw State, Jacksonville State, North Alabama, uh, Eastern Kentucky being an OVC team, um, you know, a lot those schools are really not, I mean, they already were recruiting against each other. Uh, They're natural rivals in a lot of situations there. I mean, Jacksonville State and North Alabama go way back to the D2 days and all that. So the A-Sun is, it's going to be interesting. Um, Now, they still have to get that that sixth team to get that automatic burst to the playoffs. Uh, But out of that crew of teams, those are playoff teams, Kennesaw State, Jacksonville State, you know, um, those are teams that, I mean, North Alabama won a national title to be two ranks lately. Eastern Kentucky's an old blue blood in the SPS 1AA ranks. Uh, they had won 14 games in two years prior to uh, getting their rear end kicked by a bunch of FBS teams last fall in their abbreviated season. So, uh, or not, a, actually, they played a full slate, but they played mostly FBS teams. And uh, But in general, it's a, Asun's very interesting. The the whack, uh, first of all, is the whack is beginning the demise of the Southland Conference, and uh, I, I really don't know what's going to happen to the Southland Conference. I mean, it was already kind of a mess because there was this big disparity between the schools that were kind of the financial firepower or uh, the financial powers of the conference. We'll mm-hmm. say it that way. And some of the schools that were kind of newer, uh, some of them were private, you know, the uh, Incarnate Words, the Houston Baptists, uh, who really don't have the cash flow. And I think, I think we, 
had maybe uh, nobody ever came out and said this, Anthony, but I got the feeling it was kind of a the haves and the have nots in the Southland, and the haves kind of wanted to get away from the have nots or something to that, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Because what we have left are the Louisiana public schools and a couple of the private schools in Texas, and the conference has been blown up by a bunch of the powers in that conference going to the WAC. And also, uh, basketball plays a big part in this, too. You know, it makes sense. That's a big deal. And there's some pretty good basketball teams uh, that are shifting around. So uh, the WAC is really interesting out west. I'll tell you the other thing that, you know, fans in Montana probably are paying attention to is having another good, solid conference out west. I really think it helps a whole lot with, the big sky when they get into the, uh, the 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 FCS playoffs, you know what? Who who do we normally match up a big sky team with? And now you'll have another pretty good conference that's you know western bay west of the Mississippi based, and might keep the big sky from having to travel a really far you know distance like that year Weber State went to Chattanooga in the first round you know, two days after Thanksgiving. I mean, you don't want those matchups. Those are, it's too far to go. The fans aren't going to make that trip. Uh, but now you might have a trip like, uh, you know, you might have uh, UC Davis go to Southern Utah. That's not that's not as bad, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. Southern Utah has shifted into the whack. So it's really interesting, I, you know, whether it strengthens the FCS level or not, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to hurt. Some of the conferences, though, uh, mainly in the South, I think these two new conferences are going to help are are going to hurt some of those conferences in the in the southern part of the country. Brian, let me get your thoughts on this. Which conference do you think? I mean, obviously, we know of the big three, but which conference do you think has can fast track or get there faster than the other? Do you think the A Sun can kind of join that group or be a strength or be a power conference, or do you think the WAC will fat will be faster and could be a power conference sooner? I would go with the A Sun, depending on who they add, and so like the A Sun is now taking the best team traditionally over the last five years at least uh, obviously Monmouth was pretty good last year but they, uh, the A-Sun is you know is actually the home for Kennesaw State and all the other sports North Alabama is a budding I think strong program in the the big south uh, and of course they also I think participate in the A-Sun you've taken Jacksonville State out of the OVC and you've taken Eastern Kentucky who again has had two winning seasons in a row uh, when you take away last fall, which was weird, um, you know, you're taking a bunch of really strong programs and you're putting them in one conference. And I think that's going to attract others who have, you know, they, they, they want to grow. They have gross intentions. And believe it or not, some programs in the SCS really don't have that. It takes money. It takes alumni-based support, and some programs don't have as much as others, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the A-Sun wants to maybe make that shift up to the FBS eventually as a whole. And so uh, they're going to be looking for, I think, the strongest teams they can poach. And it makes me wonder if the A-Sun might take a, a power out of the SOCON 
or out of the, maybe even the, the southern part of the CAA. Obviously, the Aceland's not going to go up to Maine or New Hampshire or Albany, but could they take an Elon, which has been a strong program in the CAA, but is located in North Carolina? You know, um, I don't know. But uh, I'd say the A-Sun, I think the idea there is they want to have a conference where they get more than one team into the playoffs. And that's a conference that probably will fit that bill and could squeeze past maybe one of the top three conferences. I guess we'll we'll see. They'll have to earn it first because I know those top three conferences are probably already saying, yeah, you guys look stronger, but we still whoop you when we get in the playoffs because uh, we all know the top three conferences are pretty uh, confident in themselves. So, uh, But we'll see. We are here with Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports and Bet MGM as we are talking FCS football and the changing landscape. Uh, Brian, something a little more immediate to Montana, the change at Montana State. Jeff Choate now over at the University of Texas with the Longhorns. What do you think about that move for Jeff Choate, and where do you think Montana State goes in their search? Makes all the sense in the world for Coach Choate. I mean, obviously he knows Coach Stark from uh, the Pac-12 days over in uh, the state of Washington, and, um, you know, I'm sure they go way back. I, I don't know all the details in their working relationship off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, those connections were made in the past, and Coach Choate has done a great job. I think he's leaving it, uh, Montana State in way better position than it was when he came in. He certainly recruited well. We, they've won games. Uh, they've been They've gone deep in the playoffs, you know, so – uh, it's good for him. He deserves it. Uh, Texas is no slouch, uh, you know, assistant coaching job, that's for sure. And especially if they turn things around, you could see Choate's name pop up, you know, for maybe a Big 12 job one day uh, as, a, as a, you know, a, a top flight assistant coach. So good for him. And as far as, you know, who they have come in next, I mean, that. That's the tricky thing. I mean, nobody blames Coach Choate for leaving the way he did because it's it's a great job. He's going to make more money, um, and it's got growth potential. There's no question. But this is an odd time in the cycle of the college football year for coaching changes to happen. And so, you know, a lot of times that happens in December. People know who they want. They go out, they interview, and three weeks later they have a new coach. Well, you know, it's... It, it, it's interesting. I mean, where do they go to get a guy, uh, you know, that they want full time? That's the big question. Um, or do they, I don't know, go the interim route the whole year? You just, I, I really don't know where that's heading, but I, I can tell you it's a, it's a coveted job. It's just how many people are in a position to make that shift. And I, I think that's the big question. You know, interesting point there, Brian, because when I look at this, too, and, you know, looking back at Leon Costello, obviously has ties to South Dakota State. I mean, if you're Montana State, you know, I, I have to imagine you're taking a look uh, to the top competition, which is North Dakota State, and looking at them because guess what? They've beaten you twice in the playoffs, and obviously everyone's yeah. trying to figure out how to beat North Dakota State, and maybe the way to beat them is beating them at their own game. Do you try and grab an assistant from there? Um, so do, do you see that as a potential for Montana State? Do you think that they should look at those Dakota schools potentially, look at, at somewhere in that regard, do you think? Yeah, it, it's not a bad idea. Obviously, 
uh, makes a lot of sense for the very reasons that you just spelled out. I think the thing that I would be most interested in pulling out specifically from North Dakota State and South Dakota State is you're so similar in in Montana to what they deal with in the Dakotas. And when I when I say that, I mean um, you are the number one show in town as one of the two major uh, show show in town. Let's say show in the state, mm-hmm. wise. And uh, you know, and and but you got a hated rival in state. Um, how do you take that and turn it into a powerhouse on the national level? And we all know that again starts with recruiting, something I love and I think is fascinating. And uh, you know, the the NDSU and the South Dakota State model are pretty obvious what they do. Uh, you know, NDSU for the last ten years has won a lot of games. They've been on the national stage. We've said this on your show before, Knox. I mean, we, you know, they they have made themselves known. They they haven't lost to a to a P five school or an FBS school now in the decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. They've been on ESPN Game Day now three times. South Dakota State's been on it once. Um, you know, they've gotten that kind of attention, and they're sending guys to the NFL. Uh, that means that wakes people up in talent hotbeds to look at you as an option. And that's why NDSU can come down to my neck of the woods in the Tampa Bay area and get kids here. South Dakota State does the same thing. They just go to different areas. I mean, Coach Stig flat out told me he liked, uh, he liked Arizona. They, they have a pipeline to Arizona, which is a good talent hotbed too. Um, if you get the right guy from that background who can come into the Montana uh, you know, realm. And first of all, you got to win your state, which North Dakota State is not even close. I mean, UND doesn't touch them in recruiting. South Dakota State, South Dakota, the Yotes hold their own in recruiting. They're not bad, and they go all over the country pretty well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Montana, Montana State, you know, they're fighting over the elite talent in state who want to play, you know, for one of those two teams. And then the, the rest of the magic formula for a Montana or a Montana state is to go, uh, you know, make sure you, you carve out your niche in California, as we've seen, uh, Washington, Oregon, maybe in Arizona, maybe a Texas, which they do. And if you get a guy that understands the, how to build that, uh, like the Dakota schools did, you can have your own kind of fiefdom. Uh, because you, you're not fighting uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks down the street for attention. You're not fighting uh, four other FBS schools down the street for attention. I mean, you can own that niche and then complement it with talent, skill, talent, or whatever you want out of uh, uh, the other hotbeds around the country because people know who you are. Kids know who you are. You win games. You're on ESPN and, and playoff games. That's the key. To me, that's the key, and I don't, I don't see why it can't work exactly in the Montana schools as it does in NDSU. I, it's just, I'm not saying what NDSU does is easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it's a machine, and they've ta- they've built that machine from the ground up. Uh, great walk on situation. Kids want to go there. Kids want to play for the in state school, and the Montana school, Montana schools do that too. 
but you'd want somebody that really embraces that, I think. I think that's that's the key, and the Dakotas would be a good place to go for that. Right now we are with Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports and BetMGM. Uh, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl as, guess what, Brian is in Tampa, and the Super Bowl's there as well. We'll get Brian's thoughts on what the Super Bowl being in Tampa is like. We'll do that next here on the Knock on Sports. Think about where you were one year ago today. What were you planning for? Whether or not you planned for a new challenge, you got it. And most importantly, you succeeded. Cooking at home. Learning at home. And banking at home. At Whitefish Credit Union, we understand you've been through a lot. And as you move through the year, just know we'll be right there at your side. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. We're talking to Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports as we've been getting his thoughts on the FCS. Now, hey, he's got the Super Bowl in his backyard, and I'm quite jealous of this man. Uh, Brian, I got to ask, man, what's it like? The Super Bowl's in town. The Super Bowl signage is up over at Raymond James Stadium. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing in it as well. Uh, what's it like over in Tampa? Pretty cool. Um, on Sunday, uh, you know, I, I asked my family if they wanted to go take a look at it, you know. I've never been in town for a Super Bowl before. That, that's a new thing. And, um, you know, I think naturally you drive down to Raymond James. We live about 20 minutes from the stadium, so it's it's like no big deal. And we decided let's go down there and we'll get some lunch. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, with it being a COVID year, pandemic year, I I, I actually thought it would be less built up than it was. I mean, we turned the corner on Dale Mabry and – and, you know, Anthony, you know Dale Mabry. I mean, that's kind of the heart mm-hmm. soul of uh, and all that. That's where the old Sombrero Stadium was, too, before Raymond James. It was all right there. And, and um, it was a zoo, man. I mean, it was crazy. There were, there were tents, you know, being built, you know, all the way back into the Al Lopez Field area, which if you, you remember – the layout there, Al Lopez Field is on the north end of the stadium, right across the street from Steinbrenner's, uh, you know, New York Yankees spring training stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole area, I mean, it was just packed, not with people, not not with fans, because it's still a week away, you know, on Sunday, but with um, support staff. And so we pulled up, and, and the parking lot was open, but they had an attendant there. And I said, I, I know I'm asking a question about a thousand people have asked you, ma'am, but uh, what's going on? And she said, well, we're, we're all doing setup for the Super Bowl. Um, it's not really open, but nobody really minds if you walk around and get pictures, you know? So we did. And, um, you know, there were, there were of course, uh, there's trucks out there selling merchandise and all that stuff but uh it's crazy i think the the funniest thing is my son he's 10 he looked up at the stadium and uh he goes dad why why is there a kansas kansas city chiefs poster on our stadium because you know this this is the first team first time with a home team has been you know has played in the super bowl in its own stadium Mm -hmm. never thought about that it's always a neutral site it's always been a neutral site. Well, it was weird because, you know, you drive by Raymond James and there's a big poster celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's the Super Bowl. You know, you're celebrating both teams. So that was a little weird because half the stadium on the outside is all decorated with Chiefs stuff. 
and all of us Bucks fans are driving by going, hey, wait a minute here, <laughs> you know, um, but it, it's, it's really cool. Um, gosh, the long-term weather forecast, I looked at it this morning because I was curious, is, uh, God, it says thunderstorms, so I hope that changes for Sunday. Oh, man. Um, I, hope, I hope that doesn't mess with it. Yeah, it's like 80% chance, but of course, you know, we've got a couple of days before that happens, but uh, you would hope that the weather would be pretty because that's why they put it down here anyways. Um, but it'll be great. I mean, you know, the last time these two played, uh, the Bucks lost by three on that very stadium, in that very stadium. And I, I remember, um, I guess it was Tony Romo was doing the commentating, and he, he flat out said while they're wrapping the broadcast, hey, folks, you might want to tuck this game in your memory because there's going to be a rematch in the Super Bowl. Well, he nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. I think that game was in October. Uh, because really, Brady and the boys have played really, really well ever since, uh, for the most part. Very, very well. And it's just amazing what one player, of course, he's the greatest of all time, Goat. But it's amazing what one player can do when you shift him in and uh, shift the interception machine out. And James Winston. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it kind of reminds me. This one to be a little closer to Montana fans. Kind of as much as I love Tim Tebow. You remember that run the Broncos made, mm-hmm. um, and I love Tim Tebow. And that was really cool when he beat Pittsburgh in the Roethlisberger on the last second bomb and all that. But you know, they 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 shuffle him out because he he wasn't completing fifty percent of his passes, and it only took about six weeks for NFL defensive coordinators to figure him out they bring in a Peyton Manning whose arm was a noodle by then but he, he's a great leader and can manage a game and they win a Super Bowl you know and and Peyton Manning is one of the one of the better quarterbacks of all time hit and that's that's what's happened here but everybody's really excited about it and we had fireworks a week and a half ago when they won the NFC championship there were fireworks in my neighborhood I thought that was really unusual. I've never heard it other than New Year's and Fourth of July. Well, it sounded like the Fourth of July in my neighborhood. If that gives you any indication of how people feel around here, so uh, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I was about to say, man. I mean, that's for me. That's kind of the biggest thing. Is I'm just sitting here going, man. I wish I was in Tampa right now. Um, so, yeah. like I said, I can only imagine what that city's doing. As as the Bucks are playing there, you mentioned Tom Brady, what he's done. Tenth Super Bowl, chance to win seven here. Uh, I can only imagine. So, the next question I got to ask. Can I Venmo you like 125 bucks and you get me one of them Super Bowl jerseys, a Brady Super Bowl jersey with the patch on it? And then are you going to go to the <laughs> NFL experience? Oh, nah, I probably won't do that. I, I, believe it or not, I mean, Anthony, a couple people in my family have had COVID. Ah, uh, okay. And that's been eye-opening for me. I, I think I was maybe a little more lackadaisical about it until um, like August. Or I'm mean, sorry, about November uh, so we've been laying really low. We're, we've been homeschooling the kids. We've really kind of avoided everything. Like even when we drove around the other day, we really kept our distance. Um, I, I we're probably being overly cautious, but we've stayed away from everybody because of really what um, my mom and Lori's mom went through with that. Uh, we, we don't want to mess with it. So we, okay. we, we're pretty boring these days, uh, but we'll be watching on television. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Brian McLaughlin joining us here. Brian, if they want to follow your work, how can they do that? 
Uh, well, I, I'm always on Twitter uh, at Brian MacRider, and would love to would love to talk to you if you want to talk some sports. Brian, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight as well, my man. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday, and looking forward to chatting with you again soon. All right, thanks, Knox.